just two girls talking about one sport? One sport? Soccer? Football. Ah. Welcome to the Masterclass Podcast. My name is Bronwyn, and with me today is my lovely, lovely co-host, Hannah. On this podcast, we're going to be discussing hot topics within men and women's football slash soccer, because we will be saying soccer on this podcast. We are Canadian. We apologize in advance to our European listeners. It's an unfortunate truth that will be happening on this. So, Hannah, how are we today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Not too bad. Um, Do you want to kind of get us started with a hot topic? Yeah, obviously this week we saw a lot of football. Uh, No league stuff on the men's side. International break. Yeah. Which has just brought injuries. I feel like I've heard more about injuries than I have goals. Yeah, well, I've been hearing more about injuries than I have actual games. Um, So, some major ones to discuss. Obviously, because you're a Leicester fan. Schmeichel probably has a concussion. Yeah. Um, on my side, I'm a Liverpool fan. Many, many injuries and many COVID-19 positive results. One. Mo Salah. <laughs> That's a big one. One. <laughs> That's a big one. Um, Joe Gomez also has to, or had knee surgery because of an injury. Um, and then talking on other players as well, like this is affecting major players at this point. Luis Suarez also tested positive for COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess my question to you would be about this. Do you think because of the condensed schedule and the unnecessary international breaks that it's kind of creating this injury crisis, if you will, as well as a COVID-19 outbreak within these pro players? Because up until this point, it's been okay, right? Um... There's been, what, since the beginning of the season, there's only been a couple, but that's because there's been a lot of transfers and players from Germany or whatever coming over to um, England. Are you referring to injuries or COVID results? COVID. No, there's been plenty. There's been tons. Well, yeah, like I said, because of the transfers that have been happening. And so because there hasn't been that many. Well, <laughs> either way. There's a lot of both now, so. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, back to your question of this injury crisis, if it's coming from the condensed schedule. My question is more, yes, it's probably incredibly exhausting for these players to be playing so much within such a small time frame. But I wonder if we saw players being in isolation, quarantine for months, not mm-hmm. playing, not being in their usual environments. Of course, they still maintain exercise at home and everything, but not to the point that they would be had they been still training with their clubs. So I can't help but to wonder if all of these injuries are a result of that Mm -hmm. or if it's anything else. I'm not, I'm really not sure. Like, my question for you is, do you think we would have been seeing this last season when we weren't in a pandemic if we were still on this condensed schedule? But there was no pandemic and everyone was training normally, would we be seeing the same amount of injuries that we are right now? I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Um, I do agree with you on that having those three months off during the pandemic where there was so much uncertainty, no one was training, um, 
everyone was kind of doing their own at-home stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So I do think that obviously has an effect on players, for sure. Um, And then being thrown into the intensity of a league right after. Right. Um, I do think it's still a problem, though, because if you think about it, the Premier League ended in July, or early August, even. Right? I don't remember. (laughs) Yeah. It must have been, like, end of July, early August. Can't remember. But. Oh, shouldn't you remember? Because didn't your club finally win the league? Yeah, but we won the league in our last home game of the season, which was the second last game of the season. So, I forget. Anyways, it was July. Um, So, but then you think about the fact that they started the new season in September. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody pretty much only had two preseason games when, usually, when there isn't a pandemic, we have two or three months of preseason games, right? Right. So I feel like having the lack of the preseason, kind of getting your legs going again, all that kind of stuff, still resting, recovering properly, and now jumping into this really intense schedule of Premier League game on a Sunday, you have Champions League on a Wednesday, or in Leicester's case, Europa League on a Thursday. You just had to bring that up? Yeah, I did. Um, so, it, I, two games a week. Very, very little recovery time. And then, on top of that, there's already been two international breaks, which just adds to the condensed schedule, because you're playing three games in a week and a half. Yeah. So, basically, these players are going to be playing for two years straight. <laughs> like... Because we think about it, all these European teams are going to be playing in the Euros next summer as well. That When are they going to get a break? We've also got the Olympics next summer. Exactly. Like, it's just, it's a crazy schedule and I think it's just adding to this injury crisis, quote-unquote. So, my question to you would be, how do we kind of avoid this? Because we're also going to have to deal with League Cup, FA Cup etc right so how do you think that we can avoid this or how whoever's running this can avoid this fifa uh honestly i i don't know how we could avoid it people obviously discussing we need to be canceling these international uh games that have no significance but of course then comes into the question of how much will that impact things financially right I struggle with that though because with these international games right now they're nations league games aren't they so I'm not sure what they're gaining financially for that (laughs) people are watching I guess but you're going to be losing stuff financially whether you broadcast it or not I just think that they need to scrap these international games just with the condensed schedule. I know you're going to be losing money, but these are human beings. And they're injured and getting COVID. That's completely disregarding their health completely. Right. So. Anyways, let's go on to a different topic. Kind of continuing with this idea of international soccer. Gareth Southgate, England manager. A lot of controversy over the past week eh, and probably over the past month with him about kind of the lineups he 
has and kind of the roster that he chooses for these international games. Because um, a lot of people are saying that England should be winning something, uh, competing with the high-level teams like Belgium, like France, kind of that, just with the squad that they have. Um, your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I mean, my issue with Southgate is that he keeps playing players that should not be getting game time, in my opinion. Which players? Uh, there's a handful. I'm. It's not that players shouldn't be playing. It's that there's people who should be playing over them. Right. Who we aren't seeing. Yeah, because we had a conversation like this earlier in the week about how we think that Madison should have made the roster over the 17-year-old Jude Bellingham, right? Who's played in total 90 minutes for Borussia Dortmund, which is great. He's a fantastic player. Absolutely call him up to England. That's fantastic. But you're also calling him up over Madison, who has been in really good form as of late, scored a fantastic goal against Manchester City, arguably one of the best teams in England. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Kind of, like, it's hard because I do think that England has the quality um, to compete at really high levels, and I just don't think he calls up the right players and puts out the right lineups to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we, we talked about lineups, obviously. Lineups very questionable ones where he puts out three right backs in a game. They won that game, which is great, but uh, it's a really weird choice, don't you think? I think putting Harry Maguire out on the pitch with how he's been performing <laughs> is just a very weird choice. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I have a lot of questions about Harry Maguire as well. Uh, no doubt he's a great defender, but I just don't think that... The amount that United paid for him is uh, a testament to how good of a player he actually is. Um, he's uh, he's a good player, but I don't think he's 80 million pounds a good player, you know? Yeah, I'm pretty happy about that. <laughs> okay, I'm sure you are. As a Leicester fan, robbing Man United of 80 million pounds for Harry Maguire. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, kind of stepping away from the men's side of things really quickly... And continuing along the lines of international managers, um, French national team manager Diak. Kind of, do you want to kind of go around that hot topic? Uh, yeah. I just want to make it clear that it's very obvious you don't speak French. Yeah, I know. With, your, uh, <laughs> with my great pronunciation, I was gonna let you say the full uh, name. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, France's women's manager has been. Just ranking up the controversial points. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been seeing a lot about her recently, obviously because France's captain, Amandine Henri, made a very public statement in regards to how uncomfortable the team is and just the incredibly negative environment that there is at France right now. Um, she went public onto Canal, which is a massive French media outlet, And she basically just came clean about everything. And recently, France um, had international duties. And 
Diak contacted Henri to tell her. And these were in the exact words of Henri during the interview. The phone call lasted 14 to 15 seconds. And her words were, my roster comes out and you're not on it. Yeah, which is ridiculous. And Henri is the captain. Mm -hmm. And an outstanding player. Yeah, arguably France's best women's footballer. One of the best. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. She's definitely one of the best. France has so many amazing talents. Yeah. Which is why it raises the question, why haven't they won any competitions? And Henri brought this up as well. Mm -hmm. She said that we have this squad that should be winning things. We haven't won a World Cup. We haven't won a Euro. And we should have. Yeah. It shocks me that they haven't won anything. Comparing them, their squad specifically, to, say, the World Cup winning U.S. Women's National Team. They should be competing toe-to-toe with the U.S. Women's National Team with the squad that they have. Um, It's... It's shocking to me that they haven't won anything. Like, I don't know if they've even won in the past few years if they've won an Olympic medal. Have they? I could not. I my memory. I don't even remember what I ate for dinner. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> I can't answer a question. Yeah, <laughs> but like even then, like Canada's winning medals. No disrespect to Canada, but France is a better team than Canada. Absolutely. Um. So. I 100% agree that that team should be winning something, especially the Euros. Um, Like, even comparing it to the Netherlands, who won the Euros, the last Euros, um, I think France could easily beat them. So I don't know... That's debatable. These are two very strong teams. I don't want to be sitting here saying who's going to beat who. I agree. Okay. I don't think this is what it's about. I think it's about the fact that France needs a new manager, and they need a new manager now. The reason why they're not winning things is because of their manager. Yeah. It has nothing to do with their players. Yeah. She's a very toxic manager. Um, she, she completely kind of disregarded her captain. Like, she based it off of the fact that I'm not calling you up because lately I haven't been impressed with your performances. Right. Let's keep in mind that Henri plays for Lyon. Which is arguably the best team in women's football. Yeah. Yeah. At the moment. So just a bit of backstory, sorry to interrupt you about Lyon. They are a team that have won multiple Champions League back to back. So that should give you an indication of how good they are as a team. Continue. They're just a sack team as well. Yeah. And we see a number of France internationals that do play for that side uh-huh. who we do see playing obviously with the national team. So the question is why is it now that the captain is not being called up? Yeah, and the thing is, too, it's just so disrespectful to say to the captain who has given so much to France as the captain and as a player to say, because of your performances, I'm not even going to put you on the roster. Yeah. Um, if Harry Kane had a bad performance, he's the England captain. He's given everything for England, right? They're not going to not put him on the roster. They'll bench him. Sure. That's mm-hmm. fine. But not putting him on the roster? Yeah. Like... That's it's so disrespectful to a player who has given everything. It's still a fantastic player because even after that whole controversy came out, she went playing for Lyon, scored a fantastic goal the next game. I mean, that was before this whole interview came out. Um, right. This was that was right after it was announced that she did not make the national team squad. 
But it's interesting that you bring up that example of Harry Kane and stuff because one of her Lyon teammates, I don't remember off the top of my head right now who it was, but post-match interview talked about it because, like you said with that goal, uh, he did a celebration of blocking her ears. Yeah. Which is obviously, I hear no evil. Aiming it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That was kind of her response to the whole thing. So one of her teammates in a post-match interview said that it was shocking for Henri to not get this call-up because if you looked at a player like Loris, yeah, if he were to not be performing well and stuff, you would still see him getting called up. Yeah. So it's... Well, that's the thing. Pickford still gets called up to the England team, so <laughs> there's your example right there. Yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's... France needs a new manager and they need one right away. The fact that it's it just blows me away that this is a massive thing this is a huge issue Mm -hmm. but i feel like there's no media covering it whatsoever yeah yeah like i guess my question for you is do you think it's because that it's not france isn't a u.s women's national team or isn't an england national team i mean that's it i don't know if it's like a language thing i don't know if it's just a european thing versus North America, obviously. Obviously with the U.S., they have a lot of very outspoken players who are not afraid to speak their minds Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So, and we're we're now seeing that with France with Ahri, and she's made it clear in her interview that if no one else says anything about it, then nothing's going to be done. I have to do this for my team. So she's being very public. And... I hope we see something getting done, but unfortunately, the team has brought it up with the manager herself several times. Mm -hmm. Nothing's been done. And they've even brought it up with the president of the federation. Yeah. And nothing's being done. Yeah, so... Yeah, that's that's so tough because, like, we want something to be done. They've brought it up multiple times. And quite obviously, nothing's being done. I mean... Obviously, now they're a bit concerned because she's gone very public with it. Yeah, and now there's obviously so much backlash. There was backlash to begin with with her not even being included on the roster, and now she's coming out and saying it was this whole disrespectful situation. Um, So so. hopefully we see something come out of that, but... As of right now, there is We can only hope. (laughs) Yeah, we can only hope. Um, So kind of staying on the topic of women's football, we had a pretty... uh, pretty wicked weekend for women's football women's football weekend yeah (laughs) (laughs) wow i'm sure they're really excited after those woos um so kind of get us started with the first major major game this weekend yeah well unlike the men the women had their league games this weekend yeah um in england we saw some pretty big games yeah very big games some very big games we saw some pretty big results too yeah. Um, <laughs> you're you're laughing because your team did not do well. But we're not talking about the championship. We're talking about the FA. We have to talk about the championship. We'll 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 continue on to that. Absolutely, we'll be talking about the championship. Okay. So, so starting off with the FAWSL, the FA Women's Super League, um, massive games this weekend. Yeah. Starting off, we had the Manchester Derby. Yeah, Manchester Derby. It's a fantastic game too. I watched a bit of it. It um, it. It made me very proud, to be honest with you, because it was just a really exciting game from the first minute to the last. Um, And uh, it's just a really good 
I don't know, advertisement for women's football is just really exciting. Um, it's definitely being brought more into the international yeah, too with yeah. all these Americans going over. Absolutely, which is fantastic. Um, we we may bash the Americans a little bit in this podcast, but it's all love. Um, but obviously, Tobin Heath was a pretty pretty big factor in the games this weekend, so um, she scored a fantastic goal. A uh, lot of conversation with her. I, I, I'm pretty sure the admin of the Twitter account for the FAWSL posted the video of the goal at least six times. Well, it was a nice goal, to It be did fair. reach over a million views, which is <laughs> a lot for that account. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a great goal. Um, and it was a goal that was, uh, unfortunately came off of a Lucy Bronze mistake. An assist. <laughs> yes. And an assist from Lucy Bronze. Um, we know Lucy Bronze. She's a fantastic, fantastic player. She's outstanding. She's probably one of the best defenders in the game, if not the best. Um, so it's unfortunate that she had that mistake. Um, but they had a really good battle, her and Tobin, that whole game. Um, so yeah. And City were leading 2 0. City were leading 2 0. So that's a bit of a question mark for City because uh, they've been performing really well this season, I think. So that was kind of their first. Major. Having just won the, the FA, FA Cup. Cup. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was kind of their first major upset, I'd say. Uh, Man United kind of coming out of nowhere and just having two upsets over the past two weekends, um, having beaten Arsenal last weekend. So. I. <laughs> that was last weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, Man United are definitely a team to watch, I think, this season. Absolutely. Absolutely, and it's obviously with that American connection that is happening there. We're seeing so many Americans in the league. Uh, obviously, another huge conversation with that game was the fact that we had two new Americans against two new Americans being right. Chris Press, Tobin Heath against Samuels Roosevelt. Yeah, uh, I love Samuels as a player. Um, she's probably my favorite American player on that team. I just think she's a great midfielder and just really holds that that area well. Um, also want to give a shout out to our good Canadian player as well, Janine Becky, playing for <laughs> she Man City. Keeps coming off the bench and scoring goals. Yeah, <laughs> she didn't score this weekend, to be fair, but uh, we do love ourselves Janine Becky and uh, hope that she can start a few games because I think she deserves it at this point. Um, she's a great player, so hopefully she can kind of make an impact like we know she can. Yeah. So, so that game ended two two. Yeah. Draw. Um. Everton Reading, a one-one draw. Everton have—they've come kind of out of the shadows this yeah. this year, and they're they're putting in some good performances. And I'll kind of talk about this later on in the podcast. But uh, Sandy McIver, their goalkeeper, outstanding, a one to watch. She's made some crazy saves. She's <laughs> a one to watch. If you watched that FA Cup final between City and Everton, she made some outstanding. She saves. made some crazy saves. Even the game where they lost for nothing to Chelsea last weekend. She was man of the match for me, or woman of the match, <laughs> player of the match, whatever. Uh, she was great. Um, so, uh, yeah, Everton, fantastic this season. Um, so, next game of next the weekend game. was what? Well, we had Aston Villa and Birmingham City. Oh, uh, That was a 1-0 for Birmingham, which kind of surprised me, um, because Villa had just come off of a win against Coventry. Yeah, 9-0. Was it 9-0? Pretty sure it was 9-0. No. It was in the 9. <laughs> it was definitely uh, pretty high up there. Yeah. 
I, I like Villa a lot. They came up from the championship last season, right? Um, and uh, they're they're a pretty good squad. They have a really young manager too. She's in her twenties, isn't she? Twenty eight, I believe. Yeah, um, I like them. I think they're they're going to be a team to watch for sure. Absolutely, so. I agree there. Um, I was a little shocked to see the result, but and that stuff happens. <laughs> it, it happens more often than not. Uh, another a game that kind of stood out a bit was Bristol and Tottenham. So Alex Morgan making Alex her, Morgan making her first start for Tottenham. First start, yeah. So and she was taken off at halftime. Yeah, I I want to give Alex Morgan kind of the benefit of the doubt on this one because she hasn't played for a year. She had a baby. And then she came back and she was injured. And you have to take into account as well, pandemic. It messes with everybody. Mm-hmm. So but She's also playing in a new country, in a new league. Yeah, exactly. So I think there's definitely benefit of the doubt for Alex. I think she's a great player. Uh, there's no doubt about that with her resume. She played great at the World Cup. We all know that. Um, so, yeah. I think that she just needs time uh, trying to get back in, integrated into that team create that chemistry with players but it was disappointing i will say that first half that she played she barely tell she was frustrated yeah she barely touched the ball she she was doing some good movement but definitely not at her best um that game ended 2-2 correct 2-2 yeah and spurs did pick up a red card which was missed by the commentators so it was i missed it i missed it as well um (laughs) When I was watching the game, it was not the best tackle. I, I will say that. I, I just struggle with how that was a red. I thought it was a yellow initially because I didn't think there was any malice in the tackle or anything like that. And obviously, the commentators didn't think it was a red either because they missed it for ten minutes. Oh, I think they yeah they just completely missed it in general and. That game had a number of controversies, obviously with the red card as well as that goal. Yeah. That didn't go in, but looked like it went in, but yeah. here's, did not go in. Here's one of our controversial topics on this podcast. We will be going deep with women's football and how there's only one camera angle the entire game. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like cameras are like trying to give me whiplash. Yeah. It's like watching <laughs> a reality TV show with how much they're whipping it around. Um, but they don't have any goal line technology. They don't have VAR. Um VAR is a controversy in itself, of course, but it still would help in these major women's games because I can think back to a Champions League game that Arsenal had at the beginning of September. Their goal that they scored was offside. It was ruled offside. It wasn't because that game ended 2-1. So it wasn't ruled offside, but she was very clearly offside. So I think that there needs to be kind of obviously VAR or something involved in I that. swear that goal is ruled offside. Well, I'm going to have to look back at yeah, it. Yeah, now we're going to have to look back at it. Um, but still, I do think that there should be VAR or goal line technology even, because it looked like that goal was in, but they didn't have another camera angle to show us to see if it was. Um, so there's obviously controversy with that. Um, but Tottenham blowing their chance at a win, too, in the last minute. 2-2, yeah. Yeah, 2-2. Uh, it the Spurs way. Yeah. <laughs> we love Spurs on this podcast as well. Shout out to my uncle if he's listening. Um, we love Spurs, sort of. We, we is not in there. Bronwyn <laughs> has a part of her heart for Spurs, unless Liverpool are playing them in the Champions League final. 
then not so much. That's a whole other conversation. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> so, uh, yesterday we saw some massive games as well, continuing with women's football weekend. Yeah. Uh, West Ham and Brighton. That West Ham had a very good appointment of appointment <laughs> performance. <laughs> They I did. Know. They I don't did. know why I said appointment. Yeah, they did have a good performance. Um, West Ham have kind of been on the brunt of some some harsh results. Um, she's still laughing about that appointment. Uh, I don't know where it came from. Um, yeah, but West Ham have kind of been on the end of some harsh results over the season so far. So it was good to see them kind of have a comfortable win under their belts. Which they didn't win. It was one 0 I thought you said they won. <laughs> no. Oh well, at least they didn't lose nine 0 Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's some players at West Ham, for me, personally, Van Egmond, outstanding I Yeah, they player. have a really good lineup. Uh, they have some Canadians on there, too, so... They've got a, some good players. Yeah. So, I'm hoping to see them kind of step up a bit more and kind of... Because I know they're capable of it. Yeah, for sure they are. Yeah, I, it's just kind of getting them their footing right, I guess, and kind of figuring out the chemistry. Because they did bring in a lot of new players. Um, Absolutely, yeah. So, it's just kind of figuring out the best chemistry and the best lineup and all that stuff. So, hopefully we see some some better results from them in the future. Yeah. Then, the final game of the weekend that we saw. That was the headline. headline. <laughs> we, of course, had the London Derby. Yeah. Chelsea versus Arsenal. Uh, I'm just going to come out and say that was probably one of the best games of the weekend behind the Manchester Derby. Because... Even though it ended 1-1, it was so good. So, it's so good. It was a great game, yeah. There's so much <laughs> happening with everything, and... Yeah, it, it was... It was just... I think that Arsenal were unlucky to concede in the last minute. Incredibly unlucky. That was, that was very lucky for Chelsea and incredibly unlucky for Arsenal. Yeah, um... Yeah. Uh, Arsenal were so solid that entire game, um... I, I know you're biased in this situation, but I have to shout out Leah Williamson on that because over the last two games, even though Arsenal haven't necessarily been at their best, she's been a rock. At she the was back. easily their most outstanding player against United. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a bit shaky at certain points in the Chelsea game, having given away a number of passes at times. Right. Not a number, but <laughs> like a few. Yeah. Um, that save completely erases yeah. all those mistakes for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she had a great game, I think. Yes, she had some shaky moments, but she was great. Um, Katie McCabe, not necessarily playing in her favored position and still doing fantastic. She had a great tackle in that game. Probably the highlight of the game for me, that tackle. Um, Vivian Miedema. There's There's not enough words to describe how good she is. She's been a very controversial point of discussion recently um which i'll get into in a second but going back to your points of players that were outstanding for me for me personally with from the arsenal side if we're going to talk about chelsea too but for arsenal woman moy was the most outstanding player for me yeah she had a great game she was so unlucky with that own goal <laughs> yeah like that's it's... that that it happens but she was so outstanding for the yeah. entire game. Yeah, it, if she ever listens to this podcast, which <laughs> I highly doubt, you were fantastic. Um, yeah, but it was just so unlucky. And you, there's always those games where you just, the luck is against you and it just happens, right? I mean, every every player has 
has those moments. For a sure. game like that, and prior to this game, going back to Pretty Williamson, she did state that she's glad that they lost the way they did against United. Mm-hmm. That they didn't get a point there because from the way they were playing, they felt they deserved a loss and needed to learn from it. Yeah. And that really showed against Chelsea. Absolutely. They stepped up. Yeah, because they had lost to Chelsea pretty heavily early on in the season. Mm-hmm. I believe it was like 4-0? Four, 4-1 no? four, or 4-0. Four, four, no. yeah. yeah. It wasn't a good game. Um, for Arsenal. For Arsenal, <laughs> obviously. Um, so yeah, they definitely they definitely picked it up. Looking at Chelsea's side, mm-hmm. so many big names. So many outstanding players. Yeah. I, again, need to shout out Canadian, Jessie Fleming. She came on for, like, ten minutes, but always a solid Another player we hope to see more of, obviously. Yeah. Just, like, a great player. Obviously still trying to settle in at Chelsea, having come straight from university or college. Yeah, and also, she's a young player as well, and she's in a team with crazy stars. Especially in the midfield. Um, but... For wanting to talk about stars, Sam Kerr didn't even start the game. I mean, you've got players out there like Perennial Harder. Beth England. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's a bad thing that she didn't start. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I think it was a tactical decision to keep her on the bench and to bring her on. She has she had many chances there. Yeah, I think she had a really good game. Um, I do think she should have put a couple chances away, though. Like, she had one late on. Um, that usually she'd put away pretty easily. Um, and she's been having a lot of that at Chelsea, where she's had opportunities that she would have had in the NWSL, and she doesn't put them away the same way. So I feel like she's kind of lacking a bit of confidence and needs to kind of get her scoring boots back on. But, again, long season, so I'm sure we'll see. and everything, yeah. Yeah. For Neil Harder, let's talk about her. Uh, she's, she scored the goal. <laughs> Draw things up. And it was her birthday. Yeah. So, I'm glad she scored a goal for her birthday. Um, she was also goals number one women's player. Yeah, which I found really interesting, actually. Um, I I haven't heard a ton about her, personally. Um, I thought Vivian Miedema was going to be number one. Um, but yeah, it's uh, she's a great player. Um, I do think she was kept quiet against Arsenal a little bit. Um, but that sometimes happens against big teams. It's just how it is. Um, so yeah, I, she's a great player. It's very evident that she is. She has a outstanding history at Wolfsburg. Yeah. Amazing player. Uh, it did not surprise me to see her end up at Chelsea. Um, and I think she's just going to be going up. Yeah. Like, I think she's fitting in well at Chelsea. Yeah. You can see that clearly. Yep. And it's just going to keep going yeah um great player gonna have a great career for sure chelsea both on the women and men just rocking up all the good players yeah geez um so that was the final game of the weekend that one one draw so i think arsenal are kind of needing to pick it up a little bit uh they're uh falling behind a little on the table yeah yeah, we see United in first. United also have a game in hand. Uh, no. Chelsea have a game in hand. Chelsea have a game in hand? Yeah. I got that backwards. Yeah. So, Man United are in first. <laughs> Chelsea have a game in hand. Chelsea are one point behind Arsenal. Arsenal one point behind United. 
So, Arsenal need to win their next game, but... Yeah, and Arsenal's next league game is against Birmingham, so... Hopefully back to winning ways. Back to winning ways. United have Aston Villa next, and Chelsea will be facing West Ham. So, it's definitely... We're definitely going to be seeing a bit of a... Title race. Yeah. Heck yeah. I mean, nothing like a title race. Nothing like a title race. (laughs) Yeah, um... So, kind of going off of that and starting a, another conversation about a different title race, Prem is back this weekend. Yeah. How are you feeling about that? I'm feeling pretty good as a Leicester fan. I am not as a Liverpool fan, mostly because of the amount of injuries we've picked up in the last two weeks. I think it's funny that you bring that up, because Leicester's been pretty injured. That's true. Very, very true. <laughs> I think it'll be a good game either way. Absolutely. Um, no hard feelings. Yeah, so this podcast may not happen ever again, depending (laughs) on the result on Sunday. (laughs) Um, I don't want to predict anything, because I don't want to jinx anything. Yeah, I'm not going to predict anything either. Um, Obviously, with all of your injuries... You just said you're not going to predict anything. No, but I'm saying with all your injuries, like, I mean, you have to be at least a little nervous. Of course. I would be nervous even if we didn't have injuries. You guys are a good team, there's no doubt about that. Absolutely, and we're top of the table. Good for you. It must feel nice to... To be in third. <laughs> yeah. Feels so great. Uh, what Where other games going? we got going on this weekend? What other games do we have going on this weekend? Yeah. Well, there's uh, quite a few good ones coming up, obviously, but Leicester Liverpool is going to be... I think that's definitely going to be the... Uh, the big... Uh, <laughs> the big talking. Um, looking Just looking at the schedule... Not, not tons. Not tons. Not tons. Um, I genuinely think Liverpool Leicester is going to be the most outstanding game. Oh, we do have Spurs against City. That'll be a good game. Because uh, well, City has shocked me. I okay. Here's my thing. Um, uh, City were not at their best when they played Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool obviously weren't at their best either, but City haven't been at their best all season. I think Tottenham definitely should be in the conversation of the title race. I know that's controversial, but uh, Tottenham have been great this season. There's no doubt about that. Um, Beating United at home, or sorry, beating United away at Old Trafford, 6-1. Yeah, but their game against West Ham. Also true. <laughs> um, that was... For me, that's... I can't help but to laugh. <laughs> I I think that Tottenham, with Mourinho and kind of the attacking prowess that they have this season, there's always the... Always kind of the question. Will they be... I think they'll come top four. Do you disagree? I I honestly think it's so hard to predict. This yeah. early on. This season is crazy. Like, it's so unpredictable with all the results that are happening. Just where everyone is in the table. Like, even at the beginning of the season, where Aston Villa and Everton were top of the table. Yeah. Like. I don't even want to think about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, me neither. Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, talking along the lines of Prem, there comes controversy with VAR. Which we've touched touched on previously but might as well touch on it again how do you feel about var 
Should it stay or should it go? I think VAR could have its own entire episode. Yeah. It really, really could with how controversial it's been. And even the calls just this season alone, how what controversial. Do you, what do you have in mind? Oh, I'm just thinking back to the last Premier League weekend when Bamford was called offside for calling for the ball. His arm was offside. Yeah, that was obviously a very questionable call. But there's nothing but questionable calls, it seems like. Lately. Yeah, and then there's also the Pickford tackle on Maguire in the box. Pickford has had a couple of those this season. R.I.P. Van Dyke. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to admit, not a great call. Um, even if it was a yellow, fine. But yeah, just no punishment was frustrating. Um, and even on Maguire, too. It was just as bad a tackle. He probably could have injured him for a long time if he had hit him the right way, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, there's just that controversy with VAR as well. So, um, so what other topics shall we talk about? Should we cover some predictions for the next weekend in Premier League? Premier League? Sure. What's first game? First game, we've got Newcastle versus Chelsea. Newcastle versus Chelsea. Well, I think Chelsea's going to win, and I'll tell you why. Chelsea are kind of finally finding their... Their groove? Their groove, yeah. Um, the last couple games, it's been very evident. Werner is starting to score more. Uh, Ziyech, crazy player. Um, so, uh, And they pretty solid at the back now, too. Um, Thiago Silva's in there now, holding down the fort. Um, and uh, their new... Um, keeper as well a lot of clean sheets so um yeah i think chelsea's the obvious pick for the winner in that game right yeah but numbers i want numbers i want scores i don't want <laughs> um, i'll go uh, for nothing <laughs> four nil four, four one four one why what do you think i don't see chelsea putting that many behind newcastle so what's the score gonna be? I gotta think for a second. I'm I'm gonna go with three one. Three one? Okay. Three one. Absolutely. Okay. Next we've got Aston Villa versus Brighton. Villa has obviously been showing up lately. Yeah, uh, that really good result against Arsenal. Mm -hmm. um, against you guys. And against <laughs> and against you. Um, so. Um, yeah, so I think Villa probably will win that 2-1. 2-1? Because Brighton have been good this season. Um, their, their, their fullback, Lamptey, he's, uh, he's definitely one to watch. Um, he's been great all season, so, um, he's really good attacking. He's got some really good defensive capabilities as well, so. I'm gonna say 2-2. Two -two. Interesting. Okay. Draw. Yeah. Tottenham versus City. Tottenham versus City. That's going to be a hard one to call. I'm going to go with 3-2 for City. Interesting. City haven't scored more than two goals all season in the Premier League. Except against Wolves. <laughs> so. They've they scored against us. No, I know. I'm saying like in a game. They've scored two goals against us in a game. Oh. Well, <laughs> never mind. Um, I think it'll be Another draw. 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Um, who 
United versus West Brom. United, mm. I find incredibly unpredictable. Yeah, it feels like whenever Ollie is kind of being questioned about his job, they end up turning up. Um, so I'm going to say... But he's always being questioned about his job. Yeah, and they always It's a turn hit or up. miss. And no, they don't always turn up. They didn't turn up against Spurs. Yeah, but then right after that, when they started questioning about him, they turned up against PSG and won 2-1 against the form, the final makers, the runners-up for the Champions League last season. Yeah. So, there's always the question. Um, so, who are they playing? West Ham? West Brom. West Brom. I think United will win 2-0. Yeah, I was going to say 2-0. Yeah. Fulham versus Everton. Everton, I'm going to say 3-1. Yeah, I think Everton are probably going to get back to winning these for sure. Absolutely. Especially with how they have been. It would not surprise me whatsoever. I would be surprised if they lost against Fulham. Yeah, because they did play fairly well against United. Um, so, yeah, I think they'll definitely win. Yeah, I mean, that result was still 3-1. Yeah. Lost for them, but... Scorelines don't necessarily tell the whole picture. Yeah, exactly. So... Followed by, we've got Sheffield United against West Ham. I think Sheffield might get their first win of the season. Um, West Ham, of course, have been playing really well this season. Um, but I think Sheffield are kind of back to somewhat their best. Um, they've been fairly defensively solid their past few games. Of course, they've let in goals. That's There's no doubt about that. But um, hopefully... Hopefully, they get their first win. Um, they're a good side, so I don't really want to see them go down to the championship. Um, and at the rate they're going, uh, they probably will be relegated if they continue this way. So hopefully, they get their first win. So I'll say 2-1 uh, for Sheffield. I'm going with 2-0 for West Ham. Okay. Solely because West Ham has been given some teams the run for their money. Yeah. So I'm going to stick with them. But, again, with the Prem, you never know. Yeah, it's so hard making predictions, for sure. So, this one is tricky, because we've got Leeds against Arsenal. And Arsenal recently have been... Not great. Questionable. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Leeds are a good team. I think it'll be a really exciting game. Uh, I think... Man, I want to say, like, 3-2 for Leeds. I don't think the scoreline would be that high. I can see it being similar to our game with a 1-0 for okay. Leeds. Okay. Fair enough. Or even a draw. I feel like Arsenal are just going to have a fire under them, and they're going to want to win. Yeah, but you could make the same argument for Leeds. That's also very true. Yeah. I mean, having just lost 4-1 to Crystal Palace, mm -hmm. that makes sense. But I feel like with Arsenal... They're not just coming up from... They're not just being promoted. Yeah, they gotta... They're expected to win They're things. expected to get top four. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool-Leicester. I'm not making predictions. We both agreed <laughs> that we are <laughs> not making a prediction there. Um, Burnley and Crystal Palace. I mean, Palace having just come off of a 4-1 win against Leeds, I can see them putting 4-0 against yeah. Burnley. I, 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 I don't know if it'll be that many. Um, Burnley haven't had the best start to the season either, um, but I do see Palace winning, so I'll go 2-1. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. And last game, we have got Wolves against Southampton. 
Wolves against Sam. I think Southampton will win that game, and I think it'll be close. Um. So, yeah. I I I think Southampton will win that. Two one. I think Southampton's been a bit of a dark horse. Yeah. Well, they were first for a while last weekend, so... Having... I definitely feel like they've kind of stepped up a lot since their 9-0 loss. Yeah, absolutely. Um, even though that was last season, we're really seeing it... The, the effects of it were fairly obvious last season, when it right afterwards. Like, of course, they played really well after that. They came back and beat you guys, um, which which is great. Um, and we're obviously seeing the effects of it now with how they're performing. Like, they beat, um, was it, they beat Everton? And they beat Villa, didn't they? I can't remember. Either way, they're playing great this season. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, they beat Villa 4-3. Yeah. So, uh, they're definitely dark horse, and I think they'll beat Wolves. Wolves are, are I find they're kind of... Inconsistent. Well, they're just a tricky one. You're n- another one where you're not sure because they've got Jimenez, who is a quality striker mm-hmm. at times, brings me in some fantasy points. But it's it's really hard to say. Um, having just had a result against us, having lost, I also kind of feel like they're going to have a bit of that drive. Whereas with Southampton, they had just um, beat Newcastle 2-0. Mm-hmm. So... We've got one that's wanting to get back into winning ways and one that's wanting to continue. So I think it's going to be a bit close. And I'm going to have to go with a 3-2 for Wolves. Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, like Southampton are still missing Danny Yangs. Um, yeah, so, that makes sense. Danny Yangs, who is also one of the lar- part of the large list of injured players in the Premier League right now. Um, hopefully it's speedy recovery for him. Yeah. Uh, next game of the weekend, if there is one. That's it. That's it. That's it. Oh, uh, that's it's gonna be an interesting weekend for sure for the prem. Um, we're obviously gonna talk about it next Monday. Um, any women's game we want to make predictions for this weekend? Women's games? Um, yeah. I mean, well, there's a bunch of competitions in the middle. Yeah, the Conti Cup. So I think it's uh. It's. I think that's something we can definitely cover right now. Let's cover it. Let's just do it. Uh, are we just wanting to do... I mean, the league games are until December, so what I'm trying to say is we should probably wait for the league games. Right. Um, the Conti Cup. I gotta pull up the schedule here real quick. That's all good. Uh, I just want to talk about the championship, though. We never went back to the right. FA Women's Championship. Right. There, that's a good competition going on right now. We've got some good uh, contenders for promotion. Obviously. Obviously, we're going to talk about Liverpool and Leicester. I mean, Liverpool were relegated. Yes. Which they should They're in the championship right now. Yeah. So... Uh, it's yeah, not... and you guys have... But how, as a Liverpool fan, how have you been feeling? Because you just drew 0-0 to Blackburn. Right. We played Blackburn previously and won 5-0 as Leicester. Right. And we just played Coventry and beat them 9-1. Right. I watched the game. 0-0 draw against Blackburn. I think Liverpool played very well. Uh, and they had a lot of chances to put the game to bed, and they didn't. Um... And it, it honestly showed me why they're in the championship. 
they're not the best team, that's for sure. Um, Arsenal would crush them uh, if they played them tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, I struggle with that. They're kind of all over the place, I think. Like, they've had a really good start to the season, and they beat United um, in the Conti Cup. So, I don't know. I, I think they are. there's a lot of room for improvement there. Do I think they're going to be promoted at the end of the season? No. I think it's going to go down between Sheffield and Leicester. Um, I mean, at the moment, it's Durham that's on top, and they have not lost a game. Interesting. Um, they've won three, drawn two out of their last five, whereas Leicester has won four and lost one. So it's definitely going to be another title race. Love it. Similar to the FAWSL, we're seeing it in the championship as well. Yeah, and with that, to our viewers who predominantly watch men's soccer, there's only one spot for promotion from the championship to the FAWSL um, because there's less teams. So that's just how it is. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to kind of see how the season plays out. Um, and the Conti Cup is an interesting competition to talk about as well. Yeah, so the FA Women's League Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, first game is a good one. We've got Everton against Liverpool. Oof. So... Merseyside <laughs> Derby. Yeah, we've got a championship side against a... FAWSL side. Yeah, so I... But I don't think that matters because Liverpool... They show up. Did it against United. Yeah. I think I think they'll show up for the task um, and have some fire under their butts from the Blackburn game. So hopefully I see Liverpool win on that one. Um, I'm not going to go with scores because I can never predict women's scores. For all I know, that'll, that game will end 9 nothing. So uh, I, based off of what I did see with the last Liverpool game and the last Everton game, I can see it being a 4-0 for Everton. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, followed by that, we've got Brighton against Reading. Right. Two and teams I don't watch very often, <laughs> to be completely honest. I can see that one being a draw. Okay. I'm either thinking like a 1-1 or a 2-1 for Brighton. Right. To be fair. Uh, Birmingham versus Leicester. I'm going to go with a Birmingham win. Just to throw a wrench in it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to stay faithful and I'm going to go with Leicester. And yeah. just considering... They've just been so outstanding this season for me personally. Yeah. Having the club actually backing them and investing into them. It's it's very obviously... We're seeing a huge improvement. Yeah. And there's so many outstanding players on that team. Like, we've got golden boot contender contenders. It's just... I'm really excited about our season so far, so I'm gonna go with Leicester win. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say like three two, possibly okay. three two. Okay. Then we've got Arsenal versus Spurs. I say Arsenal win. Uh, just based off of their last two games against Tottenham, Spurs, yeah, it's yeah. Got a lot and of North Arsenal has that. They both have that drive though. Yeah. Tottenham haven't won a game. Maybe Alex Morgan will show up, too. You never know. Yeah. It'll be an interesting game, there's no doubt about it. What's your scoreline? Scoreline? I think Arsenal will pull it off. Uh, 3-1. 3-1? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking a 4-5-1 for Arsenal. Interesting. 
She's being a little risque. Jordan's back. We've got, um, I don't think she will be. No. no. I, she's probably still injured for another couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, we've got London City against Chelsea. Chelsea. Chelsea, yeah, I have to go with Chelsea as well. That definitely could be a 9 now. You really think so? Anything's possible. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess anything is possible. That's, are you, like, is that genuinely your prediction? I, I'll go with 5 now. 5 no. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, they played Arsenal recently and lost 4 now. So you, you can see Chelsea putting more behind them. Yeah. I, just with Chelsea's attacking prowess this season and their luck with the lack of injuries as well. Like, Arsenal, so many injuries. Hmm. And their game against Lincoln City didn't um, Viv put all four behind um, them. London City? London City. Um, I believe... Yeah, she did. Yeah, so... Yeah, I think that Chelsea are going to pull out a pretty big win. Yeah, I'm going to say 4 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, followed by that, we've got Charlton versus West Ham. Uh, I'll go with West Ham. Yeah, West Ham for me as well. I'm going to say 2-1. Yeah, I agree with that. I think they're going to step it up a bit, too. Followed by that, we've got Lewis against... I could be saying that wrong. Lewis? Lewis? <laughs> against Bristol City. I'll go with Bristol. Bristol? Yeah. I don't know. I don't watch half of these teams. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say 2-0 for Bristol just because um, I did watch Bristol against Spurs and they were pretty... Pretty solid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hopefully Chloe Legrazo comes back. Yeah, because I, I heard she broke her nose. Did she? Yeah. I didn't hear that. Well, I, I follow Alana Kennedy on Instagram and she said she broke her nose. Oh. So. Well, I know Alana was, like, joking around with her. I could be wrong. And stuff. But, yeah. Hopefully <laughs> it's not a broken nose. Um, then we've got Durham against Villa. Uh, I'll go with Villa. I'm, I, I, th- I, th- I think I'm going to go with Durham for this one. I'm going to say 2-1. Okay. Uh, I'll say 2-1 for Villa, then. I think Durham is pretty, feeling pretty good sitting on top of the league table. Yeah. Villa's just come off of a loss to Brighton guess we'll see. Yeah. Then, we've got United against City once again. Oh, ah, that's gonna be a good game. That is gonna be a good game. I I think City's gonna... I, I agree, to be honest. City's gonna come back. I think so, too. There are so many mistakes with the two goals that United scored. Yes, Tobin's was a fantastic goal, but obviously it came from a bronze mistake. Second goal was set-piece goal, but it was just shambles at the back from City just couldn't clear the ball um so i think city will definitely pull off a win so i'll say i'll say 2-1 i'm gonna say 3-2 for city okay um i just see them wanting to make a comeback there yeah 100 yeah followed by that we've got crystal palace against lennon bees i'm gonna go with a 3-1 for palace yeah i can yeah i agree with that for sure for sure is that it? <laughs> There's so many games. Yeah. Uh, final one, we've got Coventry United against Sheffield United. I'll go with Sheffield. Yeah, I mean, Coventry has had two very sad results. Poor. Poor results. Yeah. Um, sad. Yeah. Very. <laughs> Having conceded nine in two games, yeah. 
Um, well, each. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 18 in total. Not great. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to go with Sheffield, of course, and I'm going to say 5 nil. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with 3 nil. 3 nil. Yeah. Well, that's all of it for our predictions. Those were a lot. It was a lot. Um, I just want to preface and say that our podcasts are going to be like this most of the week. We may not do predictions every single week, but today it's just a filler because there weren't a lot of prime games we could talk about since none happened. Um, so yeah, what we'll do kind of to figure, end off the show since we're kind of running out of time here, um, what we're going to do at the end of every podcast is pick two players that are going to be our ones to watch for the coming week. Uh, one men, one women. So, Hannah. Who are your two players? My two players to watch, obviously, from the women's side, going back to my previous comments of how outstanding Wibin Moore was, I will be having her as my one to watch. Okay. Um, I can definitely see her showing up against Spurs, especially coming off of that own goal. You, I, you just know that she wants to come back from that. And she was outstanding prior, so I'm going to go with her. From the men's side, ones to watch, I'm going to be a little biased here. And I'm going to go with Jenga Zunder, okay. based off of how he's been playing with Turkey, having scored goals. Mm -hmm. And just being amazing with Vardy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you're scared. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I'm going to be biased too with my men's player, Diego Jota. He's been fantastic over recent weeks. Didn't have the best game against City, which is fine. Um, but previous to that, he scored a hat-trick against Atalanta. So, uh, obviously got goals in him. Um, and will probably be a starter against Leicester, because Mo may not be ready to go. Because you have no players. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, I think he's definitely my one to watch this weekend. Um... My female player, I, I mentioned her early on in the podcast, Everton's keeper, Sandy McIver. Kind of controversial going with an Everton and a Liverpool player for my ones to watch, but here we are. Um, she's just a fantastic keeper. Um, I think she'll be really important for them this week. Um, so yeah, do you want to close out the show for us? Yeah, so thank you everyone for listening. It was obviously pretty long. We're still trying to like tweak things out, figure out what we want to do. Some stuff might change, some stuff might not change. Uh, we hope to have some guests on in the future as well. So if you're wanting to hop onto the podcast, just like... Hit us up. Yeah, let us know. Send us a message, whatever email, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, we are on Instagram, at masterclasspo. You can find us there. Uh, hit us with a follow. Send us a DM. Our email address is also on there if you're wanting to contact us. And yeah. We have a Twitter as well, don't we? Yes. Same handle. Masterclass PO. We're cool. Yeah. So. I designed the logo. Um, unless it's you hate it, then Hannah designed it. Um, so yeah. Thank you for listening. Shout out to my dad. And my mom, <laughs> who are probably the only ones listening. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening. Hopefully we'll have another episode up next Monday. And hopefully you'll join us again. Thanks a million. See you later.